It's still daylight outside. I don't like that one bit. Have we ever done one of these when it's still been light outside? I was actually just thinking about that too. I think so. So like I'm I'm I'm, I'm at my desk and I've got a good view of the neighborhood, but it's so we're recording earlier than we normally do. But um it's late it, it's past 8, so most of the good dog watching, the good dog walking that I get to watch from my desk mm. is kind of over with for the day. Did see the neighborhood corgi for the first time in a, in a few weeks, which is pretty good. He's usually a five thirty six o'clock walk. So, well, he was sheltering in place like a good boy. So, yeah, yeah, probably he's got a spiffy new bandana. Like, man, many neighborhood pets are getting bandanas. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> um, you, you, you sound like you're, you're in a cave for, uh, for apartment buildings away from, um, yeah. It's okay. I'm sure it'll work fine in post. But. I hope so. I mean, it, everything everything seems fine on this end, but we'll, know, we'll find things weird. It must be all the hydrochloroquine. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so we're we're, we're going to transition into Corona talk. Um, trademark, trademark. You know, is so that so is that our new segment? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if you say trademark twice, it, it legally the patent office or the trademark office. I I think it's part of a division of the post office. They 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 will send you um a stamp with um the thing on it. Haven't they gone out of business? I don't, I don't know. They they have a sweetheart deal with Jeff Bezos. And that's, that's why there's all that fake news. So we, we have we have some other stuff to report. So I've been, I've been sitting on this for a little while, and I haven't really found a good way to work it in. But it's very upsetting, and I need to I need to get a read on it. So let me find the link first. Um, where is it? So you know. So remember when concerts used to be a thing? There. Sorry. What? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's where music happens in a really less than ideal environment around a bunch of people um, who, even when they're not possibly carriers for bad diseases, um, are very generally um, inconsiderate and unpleasant. Oh, okay. Yeah, got mm-hmm. it. Um, so, like most artists, like most uh, like premier artists, have like very elaborate stage setups, right? Many do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. you're familiar with uh, the Canadian rapper Drake. <laughs> Unfortunately, more so than I that i'd care to be yeah well so this this won't be a surprise you you already know what his stage is like don't google it um well i actually don't know what his um his stage is so if you had to guess again don't don't google it what do you think it is you know i I guess it would actually be pretty sparse maybe i don't know you can tell me because because it's got kind of a a very ios 7 design so his stage is a gigantic iphone 10 that is scrolling through Champagne Poppy's Instagram. Hmm. This, this is not what I expected. This would not have been in my top 50 guesses. I can't tell if this is cool or the, the, the lame shit I've ever seen. I, cool and Drake in the same phrase. It's, it's not going to pass muster on this program, I don't think. I mean, I know, people seem to like him unironically. People seem to like that God's he's, Isn't he song. like... He's like the like one of the top artists in the world, I think, right? In terms of like album sales and streaming and concert sales and all that. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but I mean the Canadian dollar and such, I don't know who, who even knows. Can I actually, can I share something with you? This is, this is a safe space still, right? Sure. Um, I don't know if those rules apply during daytime. I don't know if attorney <laughs> confidentiality or whatever. We have to start after 9 PM Pacific. Mm-hmm. I used to feel like I was pretty, in the know, as you would say, with music. Felt like I knew a decent amount of, let's say, like the top 40. 
Okay. It's already it's already lights out. I'm sorry. If you if you asked me to name a single song in the top 40 right now, mm-hmm. I'm very confident I could not do so. And I don't really know when that changed, but I feel like it's sort of exhibit A of ways you know that I've I've gotten old. Yeah, you, you don't you don't know who uh, Tame Impala is? I do not. Yeah, I found that on on Twitter today because there were there were people have been uh, doing the memes or the memes of the um of the 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 last dance where um Michael Jordan is getting on the bus and he's listening to some music on a, a like a cassette Walkman. Have you seen that clip? I didn't. We should we should talk about the last dance if we want to come back to that. Yes, uh, put a pin in it or put put it in the parking lot because I we might have a jam back show. But um yeah, apparently that's that's. That's been one of the things from the last two episodes of that show, uh, which I did not know that that was pushed up be like because of like entire lack of sports. But I mean, I mean, it's cool that they had it kind of in the hopper. But but yeah, there's a clip of him getting on a bus with a like a Sony cassette Walkman, and he's like just jamming out on his cost headphones. And people have been putting um, lots of different songs on there. So somebody had like a really good one with like Michelle Branch and a bunch of like kind of '90s artists that would would be uncharacteristic, which is why it works because that's comedy. Thank you for explaining. It's funny. <laughs> it's funnier when you explain it. Yeah, all comedy is. Mm-hmm. That's what I found. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway, champagne poppy. That's literally the worst. Um. Oh, can we kind of transition to something else that's kind of the worst? Is this Corona talk or is the? I, I I thought we were starting Corona talk, but then we talked about Drake's stage. So I'm 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 not sure which layer of the onion we're on right now. Uh, who even knows anymore? I got I got <laughs> a lot of little I got in my private channel I've got a little a lot of little mini crap that happened during the week. Um but I do have something that's important follow up or or it's we'll still get to Corona Talk, but this is follow up that deals with um follow out from last week. Okay. So you you had suggested or you you had you you talk about your love of chopped and, and the food network shows all the time, right? Uniquely chopped, yes. Yeah, so I I I, I watched um, or even I, I messed that up. It's even chopped. Not you. Where did I where did I get uniquely chopped? From? I have no idea. What ha- what happened? Which that's, that's, you? that's like something like you know how like Tim Cook says only apple. I thought that's what <laughs> you were going for. No, I was trying to make fun of a a reference from a past episode and didn't even get the phrase right. It continued. Wasn't that last week? Uh, last week may as well have been four years ago. Today is real. Yesterday really, really, really felt like Wednesday. And I don't even know what today is. <laughs> so, so a couple of files are uploading in Slack, so it might get to you next year. Okay. But, um, so yeah, so I, I gave, uh, guys grocery games. Oh, triple a G. Look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't, when you, when you said that, I couldn't tell if that was intentional, like drive, like the, the diners, um, dives and drive-ins was, I, <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was intentionally the, like, uh, a uh, uh, three D's and a three G's. Yeah, oh, it's it's very intentional. I can assure you. So I I watched it un un. I like I wanted to like it because I've been kind of on a Guy Fieri kick. Um, I did not like this show at all. Hmm. It is not a very good show. So guys, so a couple quick observations. We won't make this long because we're we're uh, we're, run, we're running uh, tight schedule. We have a um a, a hard stop as they as they say. We got to keep the trains running on time. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I watched, uh, one episode of guys, grocery games. It was twice as long as I was expecting it. I did not expect it to be an hour. It is definitely an hour. It does not need to be an hour. <laughs> so the one episode that I did watch was called, uh, guys, grocery games, 
Wicked Isle games. Mm. I can't tell if that was a special or if they just name every episode. Yeah, it's not very entertaining. It's really like it's like it's not that it's low stakes. It's just like and maybe I just ha- I because I, I haven't watched Top Chef in a while. Maybe I just have like um, using rose colored glasses for it or whatever the phrase is. But I feel like this is just like super basic and not that interesting. Well, Top Chef is, well, we could do like a whole episode on sort of like my experience watching Top Chef for the first time, but Top Chef is sort of on a whole different level in terms of complexity and production value than than like a, because even like, so with both uh, Triple G and Chopped, they, they will also occasionally do these sort of like little mini series where it'll be, you know, they'll start with say a dozen people or 16 people and they'll have multiple weeks where they kind of you know there's elimination rounds and you get to like a big uh, finale but it even that is nowhere near like what a what a top chef is and again in terms of like the production value or the length um or i mean i i get the impression maybe this is just because I happen to be watching like an all-star um, season of Top Chef. In fact, I'm sure that's a big part of it. But it seems like a lot of these chefs are like pretty well known. And I'm guessing that actually even happens like on regular seasons of Top Chef too, where these are often, you know, not maybe not Guy Fieri level famous, but uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Do I? I don't know. <laughs> so I, I guess my point here is like, so it's not like, and I, and I like the contestants. They seem, they seem like cool people. They seem like they can actually cook. And I, like, I get that it's not on Top Chef level, but it's just like the challenges are just kind of like silly. Like you 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 have to cook a thing for, with one ingredient from every aisle or like I don't, it's just it's just not that entertaining. And also, so I sent you two two screenshots of two observations that I had, which is one very, very prominent product placement of I did not know that Guy Fieri had his own line of pasta sauces. Oh, I've I've absolutely sent you a photo of these from my my local grocery store. It was how, a while how many, ago. How many but... weeks therefore how many years ago was that? <laughs> it's hard hard to say. Yeah, like I mean it's it's fine. Um but yeah, I did not know there was that level of product placement in there where just like they kind of show just like oh yeah, we're just shopping, we're just in we're just we're in the international foods aisle and uh cuz you can only make a dish from international foods. Um, and apparently there are only four types of international foods cause there's only four countries. Um, and then there's like this big, like glamour shot of Guy Fieri, um, pasta sauce. And I'm like, this, okay, that's, that's, that's enough food network. It's fine. Like, I mean, it's, it's just, it's not that like engaging. Like I, I can guess maybe having it on in the background, but like I, it's fine. I still, I still like Guy Fieri, but like it, it I do not, I gave it an honest try and I do not believe it'll be a rewatch. And then when I was trying to, like earlier this week, I was trying to eliminate like the burn in from like having CNBC on all day where I, so I turned on Food Network and Chopped was on and it was Chopped Sweets mm. and didn't care for that either. Well, so let, let, I'll put a pin in both of those. Triple G's not in the regular rotation with the lady friend and I. We, it's not weekly viewing. It, it is occasionally on in the background and that that's sort of where it fits um it's not i'm not trying to put it down in the in the same way that you are but i'm not uh, putting anything down <laughs> I, I i i ordered the shirt i did not order the shirt 
Oh, my shirt came. I, I have to wash it though, but I'm so excited. Why do you have to wash it? I, I, when I get new clothes, I always wash it before I wear them. That's, that's, that's a pre COVID thing. Mm, okay. Um, so that, that's a pin in triple G, um, pin <laughs> in chop sweets. So I'm actually a big Scott Conant fan. So that's, that's the one good part of that show is that he hosts it. But I do agree that it's sort of, it, it sort of comes across and sorry, Scott, we're, we're on a first name basis. I, I forgot if the first name basis was people we don't like or people we do like. I, you know, I've never really been clear on that. Sorry, please continue. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's sort of a second rate chopped. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not my favorite. So, yeah, so, so I wasn't paying a ton of attention to it. I, all I know is that everybody was wearing purple aprons, and I don't know if that's a Chop Sweets thing or if that was, like, some special edition episode or something. But, like, I mean, it, it's whatever. The other part is, I so I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Chopped proper, but I don't, but I've seen, like, I'm not a Food Network viewer ever since, like, Rachel Ray and um, Emerald. Like, back, like, there was the heyday of, like, the late 90s, early 2000s of Food Network where there was those big names current modern day food network is not that way like hgtv has kind of had that renaissance of um super big stars on their network but i did watch a show which what was it called it wasn't it wasn't that good bones show but it was something else where they were very 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 um i'm gonna say something that's not gonna sound polite so i'm not gonna i'm just gonna bail on that story (laughs) you know you know what the the impression that i get on food network is so I've never watched they they have this show um like <laughs> next next food network star I think it's called. Uh-huh. And if if you if you win this competition which it sounds like maybe it's top chef-ish, I don't know. Um like in terms of structure anyway. Mhm. Well that that that's where Guy Fieri came from. It that's what I mean is that if you win that you then get a a program on Food Network. And it seems to me like like every other show on there are from people who who started off on on that show. So in, in, I guess instead of like the big famous chefs, they they've got a um a strong farm system as they'd say in the in the baseball world to kind of bring it full circle back to, you know, something that you can relate to a little. Yeah, more. I I think they have like an Orioles farm system. They are not a successful farm system. <laughs> but okay, so actually so three pins before we get to HGTV cuz we got we got to wrap this up. So the, the last thing about guys g- grocery games on this pirated copy of the television show that i downloaded um the weird thing is like so, like one of the sh- uh, like the judges like tracy desjardins like she's like actually a, like a, a a well-known like successful and like respected bay area sh- like I, I was not expecting that at all so yeah interesting and also they have richard blaze who's on, been on top chef a few, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a few times mm-hmm. apparently he's on guys grocery games a lot he is yeah. um and he's good he's good he's very entertaining so, but it's like, that's a weird matchup for me. Like, I don't, I don't know why they would do that. Not that it's like beneath them, but it just feels like it, it's a weird mismatch of talent versus the unseriousness of the show, which is entirely fine. Like, I'm, I'm all for unserious TV, like Top Chef, like sometimes they just overdo it on the drama uh, where it doesn't really actually work. But it, it, it was weird to see that uh, Tracy was on there, especially like a, a big Bay Area food personality. I think Guy is very respected in the in the food industry. So I think that's probably why why you get some of the people on that show that you do. I think I think Guy has a, a very high level of respect in that community. 
And then going on to HDTV, because I was trying to look up that show real quick on the homepage. Uh, this, this is quite an image. So spend the day with Drew and Jonathan. Again, wasn't really sure who they are, but I do remember those a property brother show. But on the main page, there's a quiz. Which brother are you? I'm not mm. sure I need to find out because I'm not sure I want to be either. <laughs> Would you even know which is which? Uh, I'm going to, you know what? Hold on. I'm going to guess that Jonathan's on the left. <laughs> That's wrong. I got a 50-50 shot, took my shot, I I did the Gretzky, and good enough. Perfect. Um, So sorry, what was the show? I just wanted to find out, because I I don't want to be um, mean to it. Um, Which show? The one I was watching, because again, like I I was worried that the ticker, like the tickers on CNBC are going to ruin my OLED. So, um... Chop Sweets? No, no, it was on HGTV, and it was like it was. Why? Why is HGTV's website so hard to use? Why wanted to show me a list of the shows? Well, there's a so I'm on the homepage, and there is a shows link. So if you click on that, yeah, but it doesn't list. It doesn't list the shows. Oh, I see. I see what you mean. This is really hard to see. Um, no, it wasn't House in a Hurry. Oh, that sounds like a really. That's a that does not sound like a good show. I guess some, something else that they're doing that I've, I see on the website here and I've also um, heard about is they're going to start this new series where a comedian from home um, is going to basically have like running commentary over an episode of House Hunters because sometimes um, the people on that show are, you know, there's there's things to uh, poke fun at, let's say. And um and it's called House Hunters Comedians on Couches. I have no interest in watching it, but it's I so I, I think I, I don't this is a, a a little bit of a digression, but I'm starting to get a a feel for with with TV that we're we're not at the point where we we've run out yet. There's still new series coming out on like both Food Network and HGTV. But I get the sense that we're let's say two months away from these networks maybe being out of pre-canned stuff and they're going to have to start getting real creative as opposed to post-canned stuff. Right. But yeah, I, I, I get, I get your point, but also like with HGTV, they've always struck me as like a network kind of like TBS where just like, if, if they just like throw in the talent, so they're just like, we don't we, fuck it. Like they can just, why can't they just show, um, fixer up or reruns and it doesn't, wouldn't that just print money for them? There's a degree of that, but, um, it's probably not the same though. Yeah. But the show I was thinking of it was is called Hometown. Oh, and it was very yeah. Don't not, get the don't get the lady friend started on that one. I, again, I only watched thirty episodes. Thirty episodes, <laughs> <laughs> thirty minutes of it, and it was on the background, and it was leaning so damn hard into the like the midwesterny like family home. Th- like I don't, I I did not this. Maybe maybe it's because I I got I I got my start with with like the gold standard or like the primo stuff in being fixer upper where everything else is just not. Well, that's that's the um, that's the issue that I have with a lot of HD TV these days. I feel like we've we've done this bit before on the show, but it feels like seventy percent of what's on there is basically just a knockoff of fixer upper. Like it really does. They almost well, every new Johnson. show. I mean, that's that's all they do. Uh, no, they're I'll, they're they're in their own lane, as the kids say. But um, a lot of these other shows, and I'm I'm looking at you, hometown, little little too similar to Fixer Upper for for my taste. Um, sorry, I'm figuring out if I'm Drew Jonathan. I don't like any of these things. 
Okay. Anyway, so uh, well, let's say Paris. For no, what no. it's worth, I think you're probably Drew. Oh, there's only six questions. Hold on. Who who chooses watermelon or sushi? What, what even is this quiz? <laughs> Pick a, a holiday, a Halloween or Christmas. Christmas. What, what are you even doing? Um, apparently I am Drew Scott. Yeah, of course you are. That makes sense. I, I have sophisticated style and I'm always up for adventure. Mm. One for two. One for two. <laughs> Your other passions include sports, music, and healthy food. Mm. One and a half of three. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, let's say you, you like well-made food. I'm, I mean, I'm in the same boat. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Healthy food. No. <laughs> okay. All right. We got, we got to wrap this up. Okay. So Corona Talk, real. Uh, what was the development? There was one develop. Oh, yeah. Oh, so a, f- a few things. Damn it. We, we're okay. So this could be an all follow up. No, anything else episode. Isn't that every episode? Are, are you are you talking shit about our own show? No. <laughs> okay. So we we have a few things that we're going to talk about, and most of this came from uh the oval sorry our slack channel oval office not the other one yeah not to not to be confused with the other one actually i I actually think this is probably gonna be the remainder of the show so the one thing i will say before we get into this other stuff have you noticed that you've been getting a lot of emails where people have changed um their signature from being like best or regards to in health oh is that i I did not get the i did not get the reference when you set the channel topic yeah i i have a new least favorite email signature now hmm yeah, I don't. I don't particularly care for that. Yeah. So a few things. So we'll we'll probably round this out with kind of um, how gyms might reopen because because uh, yeah, I have a legal document that's a that's a hell of a thing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I want you. So you threw in a bunch of stuff around here where you've your beat this week has been kind of uh, how companies are going to uh, communicate how how much they are with you and how they're adapting their business models to our our new reality in these unprecedented times. And just to be clear to listeners here, the the Oval Office is generally used for conversations between you and I that usually don't make it on the show. So this is this is quite the treat to to bring the Oval Office into more of the uh, the podcast ideas channel, which is where most of the uh, the links go. Yeah, I try to avoid putting Twitter links in uh, podcast ideas, but yeah. Okay, so what 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 is all this? So. I, I think I kicked it off with uh, Disney Springs, which I did not know what that was. Apparently, it's a thing in Florida um, where there's it's basically a Disney branded mall, maybe. And there's a whole lot there's a whole lot of Americans not wearing masks, and and basically the 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 summary could be we're fucked this summer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, let me tell you a little bit about. So the, I mean, this has become this has become a thing, right? As states and cities have been opening up you you get these articles and pictures of people basically not doing what they're supposed to do that's definitely a thing it's out there people are being jackasses no no ifs ands or buts about it but you know i it's hard i I still like to believe that the large majority of people are doing the right thing still it's not everybody but I like to think it's it's a good number of people, the, ma- the majority of people. Um, and like that, that really well-written Washington Post article about Georgia, which which we may or may not get to. Like, I want to believe that stuff like that is a minority of activity that's actually going on. Somebody. So I, I, I during the workday, I generally keep my windows open. Uh just because of good dog walking and stuff, but there's a, there's um a, for opsec reasons don't don't 
find me. But there was somebody behind my, like on the path behind my apartment that said, uh, they were they were discussing because everybody's always walking around talking about the the coronavirus. She said, "I really hope I get it. I just want to get it over with." Mm. I I think there's a whole lot. Of, I I think you overestimate America by a lot, and I think you already probably have taken into account like reduced expectations. I just think there's a lot of people that are terrible, and we're going to see a lot of that in the next few months. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying I think there to to kind of get Nate Silvery on you here. I just think there's a high degree of uncertainty around what the breakout is between people who are doing the right thing and people who aren't. And I tend to want to believe that more people are doing the right thing. But you know what? We'll find out. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Well, what's what's going on with corporations though? So you're 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 on the beat of, of of people trying to to convey that they're doing the right thing. So well, so let me give you the context of sort of what's happening here. Things are um, opening up much more quickly than I would have guessed, Carlos, a handful of weeks ago. If you would have told me, let's say on May first, that Las Vegas hotels were going to be opening on or on or around June first, and that airlines were going to start really encouraging people to start flying again. Um, these are just things that I would have thought would have been a little further off. And, you know, even I don't think we'll, we'll talk too much about this tonight, if at all. But it, it, it really does sound like both the NBA and the NHL are going to be coming back here in the next month and a half or so. Like these are all things that I would have been pessimistic about a few weeks ago. So things are things are happening maybe more quickly than they should, one could argue. But who am I to judge for that? But so anyway, with that in mind, the thing that I'm starting to notice is that as companies are thinking about reopening and starting to advertise to their customers again, everybody, I would say rightly so, is is being very transparent about the additional safety and cleaning measures that they're undertaking to ensure that people are as safe as they can be flying or coming to your hotel um, or whatnot. So I don't have a problem with that. But the the bee in my bonnet, as you would say, is everybody apparently has the need to put a clever or maybe not so clever brand name on their on their efforts. So I'm going to hit you with a couple that we put in uh in Oval Office and I'll I'll put some links in the notes that um provide more information on these. So with United Airlines, you have Little their <laughs> Their Clean Plus program, which goes the extra step of not only having a awful brand name, but is also sponsored by Clorox, which is mm, chef's kiss on that. And then with the Venetian Hotel in Las Vegas, you have kind of the boring, much less clever Venetian Clean branding. I think that's what Greece was known for. <laughs> and so I just... Oh, wait, or I, I, Venice, Rome. Shit. <laughs> I guess I just fear now that so I mean you, you'll see this thing with with brands right when you get a handful that start doing kind of the same thing it just sort of becomes like well we got to do it too so I just feel like everybody's gonna have some variation of clean plus and I'm 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 not not super pleased about it yeah so real quick wasn't United the uh, the airline that invented basic economy they are yes yeah 
you complete this out. Fuck them. No, they they don't. You don't get to call it clean plus. You don't get to next once the summer's over and the warm weather has killed the virus uh, per our president. You don't get to call it clean plus max. Like you no. And also, it wasn't like aren't the planes full? I thought they were supposed. To, I thought didn't United because there was that whole there was there was a UCSF um doctor or researcher who there was some viral tweet from earlier this week. Where like United had sent out an email like a week ago saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have every middle seat be empty to employ social distancing." And there was like some like uh, JFK to SFO um, plane that was just like just packed with like every like every seat was full, and like the picture showed like just only like three people were wearing masks. Like it, it it was madness. So United just get a no because they're not. I understand that it's a rough time for airlines, and it's gonna be it's gonna be like two years before the majority of people feel comfortable flying unless it's absolutely essential. So I get like, it, it sucks that, that after deregulation airline, um, like ticket prices and all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a very cutthroat industry. Like, and I kind of feel for them, but also basic economy. I don't feel bad for you. Like, but this whole thing, like you, I respond extremely negatively to hollow, uh, corporate branding of doing the bare minimum. And that's the part where whenever a company is like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're donating $100,000 and matching customer donations when they make like their quarterly profits are like $3.2 billion. Like I, I, I feel nothing for that. And this is what most of this feels like. And especially when there's a lot of like high risk activities in, in corporate behavior or corporate like types of things where air travel, Disneyland, um, this Venetian thing. The Venetian is a, is a hotel at a luxury hotel in Las Vegas, right? Correct. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Like these, these are high risk of like experience providers where I like, I, again, I like giving a cutesy name to you trying to convince people that everything's all right when it's kind of not just no. Well, that's, that, that's my thing is again, like I also have like it, it really bums me out to think about all of the airline employees and employees of all of the hotels and casinos in Las Vegas. Like this is just a scenario that three months ago was, was completely unthinkable. And these, these people are completely powerless to have done anything about it. So I, I mean, to say I'm sympathetic for these people is not going nearly far enough, but it's, it's all I can think of saying and I think even you know these companies conveying what they're doing as added safety measures, that also I think is absolutely the right thing to do. But then to just kind of put your cutesy little brand name on top of it, I just it feels so unnecessary. I mean, it falls into the same category as like I mean, it, it's it was that funny YouTube video, but kind of the underlying sentiment was kind of upsetting, where it's like. Even a global pandemic is seen as like this ripe branding opportunity for companies. And it's just like, can we, is there nothing, is there nothing that corporations won't slap a cheesy brand name on? I mean, I guess the answer is no. Man, you sound like a Bernie supporter. (laughs) (laughs) But no, but but, I mean, but all all kidding aside, I mean, aren't you interested in innovating for a healthier tomorrow? That's one of the, the triple, that's one of the three prongs of United's approach. The uh, the the sponsorship with Clorox, man. That when I saw that, I just, mm, mm. I think I've said enough. 
testing art of so under innovating for a healthier tomorrow testing artificial intelligence that can assist with temperature screenings and crowd detection yeah there's no way that's going to be like super racist and, and not effective at all because ai fixes everything you live in the bay area every, everything's ai oh it's the worst um yeah is southwest handling it any better or are they laying under the radar and just trying to figure out what everybody else is going to do The only thing I know about them is they were sort of the last airline to announce um, because everybody basically extended like if you were some global blah, 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 whatever status this year, everybody came out and was like, yeah, you know, we're going to extend that into 2021 since we know you're not going to be flying this year. Uh, And Southwest was kind of the last ones to um, announce what their plans were, which they announced that, I guess it was a while ago now, at at least a month ago, I think. Um, and even at that time, and I certainly still feel that way today, what they did was, so you, are you familiar with their companion pass program? Vaguely. If you, if you get over a certain number of um, points, which is their equivalent of miles within a calendar year, you can, um, anytime you then purchase a flight the following year, you, well, I guess actually it's for whatever remaining time there is in the current year where you achieve this point status and then the entire following calendar year, whenever you book a flight, you can add someone onto your itinerary for free. So they, they get to fly for free. You just, I think, pay the, the taxes. And what they did was if you had companion pass status for 2020, they're extending that through June 30th, 2021. Which I would make the point that perhaps a six six month extension is not going to make a great deal of difference, but yeah, but isn't that Southwest experience like basically uh, like they have the boarding groups where basically you just get like an electric cattle prod in the eye? Like, isn't that their whole thing? Yeah, I'm not clear how the whole um, six foot social distancing thing works with the um, Southwest boarding process. I have not not looked into that, but the the pre COVID boarding process was certainly not uh, social distance friendly. All right. Do you have any other coronavirus talk or do we want to talk about gyms real quick? Well, I, I think this um, falls into Corona talk. Okay. So we're not in bleep it out. If uh, make extra editing work for you. So if I accidentally say the name, cause cause I, this, so I'm going to have a couple things from my gym and I, I have no ill will or any, any um, ax to grind or anything like that. So I, I I'm not going to mention any of it by name, but they kind of released their whole plan we actually did we end up talking about the the do you still want to pay half thing that was an offline online conversation i believe yeah so i ended up taking up that option which was not smart uh but now, and i now have changed that to unfortunately i'm not because because i i like well, so, I was op- so exp- give, give the listener some context here explain what that what that option was oh man so they wrote a hell of an email which was, was so smart like i like i like i i was impressed and i was like wow this, this is that's clever copywriting and i'm proud of you basically they're like oh yeah we're gonna try to keep as many people as we can on staff so basically you can let us if you do nothing we're gonna keep charging you full price which is interesting when even though the clubs are like government mandated like uh, or sorry the the gyms um are mandated as being closed and they're like oh you have the option of also paying half dues um so that we can continue to pay health care and, and keep our staff employed which again like totally like good like i mean that's that's but noble goal and depending on how long you think things are going to go that's that's good and then also you have the option of uh reducing your dues to zero because you can't use the gym at all 
So I, I like it was really well worded and not in kind of like a guilty, like a guilting way. I actually think you probably kind of or that you kind of interpreted that way a little bit. And it kind of was. But I ended up opting for because that's, that's kind of the thing in sales where you give people like the the good, better, best option. You always basically like structure it so that they choose the middle one always. Mm-hmm. So that totally worked on me. So I, I was like, yeah, why not? Like this, this thing's going to be over pretty quickly. I am not smart. Um, where I, I chose 50%. So anyway, now I thought like, oh yeah, I'm probably not going to go to the gym this year and not due to laziness, but due to, it's going to be completely unfeasible. So I ended up calling and and then I, they, they've switched me to the no dues thing. And then there's going to, there's other stuff that we don't need to talk about, but so they released kind of like their, like their, um, like playbook for what they're going to do to make having a gym feasible in a world where there is no vaccine and uh, nobody knows whether they have it or any of that kind of stuff. And basically now you will need a reservation to go to the gym, which I already didn't go to the gym most of the time. And if I have to have a reservation, uh, I am, if I had the will to have a reservation, I would just go run outside. Like that's, that's that. Apparently they're gonna have like plexiglass dividers in a whole bunch of places. They're gonna take your temperature before you're allowed to enter the gym with your reservation. Um every human being needs to be like eight feet apart. You oh sorry, no, it says each member will be provided with a clearly marked hundred square foot individual space. Yeah, it's 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 a lot. But um the part the other part, and again, you please don't put any of this in the show notes because I don't want people to like to Google it. But the there's this two play a uh, two page uh consent uh acknowledgement and of, of risk and release mm-hmm. that you have to sign to uh go to the gym i don't know if this is like an every time thing or if it's like once per member um it's a wow um so uh, request all members and guests uh okay there was, there, was, there was like two paragraphs that were really um uh i remember correctly blind. it's like the second page that's well, so really so I, I hereby attest that I have not experienced one or more severe symptoms associated with COVID-19, including without limitation, coughs, shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, chills, or repeated shaking with chills, runny nose, fatigue, blah, 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 blah. I understand and acknowledge that I will not be granted access to the gym facilities if I record a temperature of 100.4 degrees or greater, and that by entering the club on each visit, I will make an affirmative attestation to this statement. Um... While I understand that the gym has taken what its sole discretion deems to be commercially reasonable steps to attempt to prevent its employees or members and guests from contracting the virus at the gym, I elect to enter the gym and participate in activities at my own risk, notwithstanding any actions or inactions taken by the gym. Like it just, it goes on like this. And also on page two, which which is the best part is that one, it says, um, uh, I understand that the company has made this document available to me and then I have an opportunity to hire counsel. So I need to hire a lawyer to go to the gym at my own expense to evaluate this document prior to signing. The world's going to be super complicated for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have elected to leave my home and come to the gym facility. I am under no obligation to come to the club facility and do so at my own election. I further acknowledge notwithstanding. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to, Yeah. Well, I found out that running with a mask isn't so bad. So, yeah. So now I don't have to run at, like, when it's dark out, I guess. I, I don't even know. There's there's a oh, lot. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot. Yeah. So, again, don't name the company. Again, because they're, they're great. I've been I've been the member for a decade. But it's... And, and they're also one of the most proactive. Because, like, I assume, like, 24-hour fitness and 
anybody else is not really doing much and they like because 24 hour fitness like wasn't it's in their whole business model like we sell like three-year memberships at costco for like 195 dollars or something mm-hmm. like i assume most companies are not taking i like assume they're taking it seriously but i don't think they're actually trying to keep their members informed so like i i do not want to knock this at all but what i i point out is that so much of life that people prized in like a communal setting is going to be just so so challenging until there's a vaccine Wow. So again, lots to unpack here. So, so yeah, I, I agree. There's no, there's no ill will or, um, kind of criticism that's being directed at this specific gym. I, I agree with you that, um, they're doing, doing everything they can. And I mean, even this risk and release form, which, you know, wow, is, is something that I'm sure that they they don't feel great about doing, but it's something that they feel obligated that they have to do. So I'm, so I, I get that. Um, I guess like the bigger thing that I sort of like want to get into here, which is actually like, it's, it's bringing together multiple things, which is what we do best on this show. I think Carlos is, <laughs> the it, <laughs> it brings together the, this, the Disney stuff, the hotels reopening, airlines encouraging you to fly again, gyms wanting you to start coming back. You know, the the government telling me that I can't do those things versus them saying, okay, now you can start doing those things doesn't make a lot of difference to me. Like the idea of traveling for fun or going to a gym going to a theme park or even like a big outdoor shopping mall like even if even if you know gavin newsom tomorrow were like you know california go for it yeah he kind of basically has Mm, i'd push back on that all things considered you know i i still think he's doing okay well no for like but uh, okay sorry continue although um the Announcing that sports could continue without fans. That's what I'm referring first. to. That caught me a little off guard. But um, that aside, I think he's he's done okay. Um, so I guess like that's that's sort of like the the big the p- the big piece that I'm missing is is because a government entity all of a sudden just tells you, okay, fine, you know this, these things you can start doing them again. It's it seems weird that that would be sort of like the only the only r- reason holding people back from these activities. Like it seems like just some some level of not con- common sense isn't really the right phrase I I want to use here, but just like some degree of of risk assessment would would lead you to not want to participate in these high risk activities. And like you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not. I'm not a stay in your house 24 seven guy. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going on a couple of walks a day. I'm still you know, going to the grocery store, that kind of thing. But like you embrace the safer at home idea, not like, cause that's one dichotomy that people have, or like a contrast that people have made versus like shelter at home and thinking of this as quarantine versus like just the simple aspect of if you limit exposure and try to leave your house uh, rarely and make your outdoor visits purposeful, that's a much safer strategy to reduce contraction and spread. Well, and that's that's a that's a whole other show is the idea that we ever had a quarantine in the United States is <laughs> mm, that's that's kind of that's rough. But well, we don't, that, that we don't need to go. What's that? 
Well, that never happened. It, that's that's what no that's what thing. I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean the the. the I don't even really know exactly what big grand point I'm building up to here, but uh, it just, uh, I, prior, prior to a vaccine, I just don't, it, I don't, it's hard to imagine going to a gym or getting on an airplane or going to a Disney park. It's hard to see that. Yeah. I, th- I think you're right. Like we're, again, I'm somebody who didn't really think that this was going to be as serious as it was. Um, but yeah, it just feels like there's a lot of high risk activities where I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not sure it's worth it. And there's a lot of people who kind of are taking the stance that, and I'm not even talking about the the fake reopen America, like um, people arguing in bad faith uh, type thing. But there's like there's a lot of people who just kind of like, like I feel like it's going to really go into stark relief when the summer comes, where people are going to like restlessness and boredom and just like wanting to do something kind of. Americans are really selfish people, so I I just feel like we're not going to do well with that. Like for me, I think like the furthest I would go is like I'm I'm going to probably go to like some parks or go for a hike. But I'm still also somebody who would be fairly conscientious about um like distancing with other people. But I assume there's some people that like there's gonna be like super crowded beaches and people are just gonna they just want to do what they want because if they do it, there's no problem as long as everybody else is doing the right thing. If you do the wrong thing, it's okay. And it's kind of a uniquely American trait. And that's where I think kind of the confluence of corporations wanting to ramp up their businesses as quickly as possible without, while maintaining the illusion that they are doing the right thing in terms of customer safety mixed with the selfishness of that's kind of ingrained in Americans. And, I, and I'm selfish too. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to pretend I'm like holier than thou, but I think those two things together are going to make for a very problematic summer. So can I can I give you so I, I'm you know I'm the king of pessimism around the pandemic. But can I can I give you the wildly optimistic potential outcome over let's say like the rest of 2020? Four more years? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I don't think this is by any means the most likely outcome. I just I'm I'm holding on to this as being my because I'm I'm not a um you know we're gonna have a vaccine in in three months kind of optimist, but it, my like my version of being really optimistic would be something to the effect of more and more things start opening up, like restaurants in virtually every state are open again, you know, hotels are open again, Mo- most everything is 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 open again, but enough people take extra precautions, things like face masks, increased hand washing, social distancing where possible, etc. And we continue not to have large events, you know, no big conferences, no sporting events, no concerts, no festivals, none of that. And hopefully between those two things, we end up in a situation where the disease continues to be on the more manageable side. Again, I'm 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 pulling at straws a little bit here, but that that's sort of my super optimistic hope of of the direction that we're headed. Because it does seem like sort of at an alarming rate, we kind of gave up on the hey, we need to largely stay at home idea. Well, yeah, that that but that lasted for a week. Yeah, I I thought it would have lasted a little longer, but 
Uh, okay. So let's blaze through, through a few things. So Tesla has dropped a lawsuit against uh, the county of Alameda or the state of California or whatever. Um, he has encouraged, uh, uh, your boy has encouraged people to take the red pill. This was not a phrase that I was familiar with and don't have any interest whatsoever of going into further on the show. Don't Google it. But yeah, but, uh, but so he, he, yeah, he's, he's continuing to do a thing The the, our, uh, yeah, a new, um, new father is, um, making productive use of his time, but apparently they're going to keep turning out the cars. So everything's good. Um, I think that is the extent to which we have follow-up. Oh, what is, what is this feels great. Oh yeah. You'll throw a link in the show notes about kind of the, the we already referred to it, but there's a good article about people in Georgia. Um, very happy to be at an outdoor mall maskless. Yeah. Speaking of, um, things that are a lot, the, the, that, that risk and release form from your gym, mm-hmm. this, this article, I, I read every word of this article and it, it was, um, that was tough. Yeah. It's It's one of those ones where you're kind of hoping that there's like some rational voice in it. It's like, nope. Nope. Um, do you, oh, actually there's, God damn it. There's one last, uh, coronavirus related thing. And this is the DoorDash thing. Have you kept up with any of this of kind of the food delivery stuff? So, you know, I, I actually, I, I put this in the, the notes for not to really talk about the, the, the numbers here. Cause I, 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 those are becoming more and more well known, but I, I wanted to, I wanted to get your take on something. Sure. So I threw the whole safer at home period. One thing that I have really gone out of my way to try to do is support local restaurants. And I mean, it's a, it's a selfish thing too, because I, Hey, I like eating restaurant food. So I'm not, I'm not doing it from some, you know, holier than thou perspective, but I also do, in addition to just enjoying it, do want to go out of my way to go to these local restaurants to support them. and. You know, I if I feel like with with this whole the whole DoorDash and Grubhub thing, it's like it's so hard to support these restaurants. Like even when you want to, like I feel like I'm I'm at the point now where I have to either you know call the restaurant because you don't even want to use one of these services to to select pickup. So like directly call these restaurants, then go pick it up myself. Um. Or, you know, we actually have a a local delivery service here in the area that we live in, which I haven't really looked into the specifics behind them, but I I, I hope that they're better than like a DoorDash. Which one is it? Dine-In Marin? Yeah. No. Um, So I I, want to get your take on that. Like, have have you been like trying to support local restaurants? And if you have sort of like, how have you been reconciling the the DoorDash thing, which, you know, I've, I've used them a couple of times too, more so like in the earlier days of all this and have kind of tried to steer away since like, what have you been doing? So I think we, we've talked about it on the show, but I, I am, I, I have a kind of like a, um, a religious opposition to food delivery. That's not pizza. Like I just, I find, and maybe this is like kind of like, um, an internal backlash against, um, entitled San Francisco tech bro culture, but I, I just really, really, really dislike the idea that everything should be delivered to you. And maybe that's also like my upbringing and other societal factors, but like, I, I just really, really dislike it. And then when you think about it as somebody who like, who's cognizant and, and fully aware of what the economics are and the fact that you have like... I forget what was, what was the link? There's, there's, um, 
there's a media there's some type of um so that's not Substack. Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. So there's a newsletter called The Margins, and actually I'll put it, I'll, I'll send a link to you so you can put it in the show notes. Where there's this good story about um, as a feel good story where there's um, a there's a pizza restaurant or some type of Italian restaurant that found out that uh, Grubhub had put their um, uh, had put had scraped their website and their menu and had put them on their service without them consenting to it. I heard about this, yeah. But they didn't put the uh, prices accurately. So when the person came to pick up the food, they would charge them what the actual price was. So it caused DoorDash to lose money on every sale. And then they just kept doing it over and over and over again to, as a as kind of a fuck you to DoorDash. Which is great because, like, seriously, DoorDash like is is a bad company. And the issue with this is that nobody wins. Like... It's bad for the restaurants. It's bad for the people that are delivering the food because they're getting fucked. And also, it's not good economics for the company. Like like Uber and DoorDash and Uber. Like that's the one part about Uber's recent um, financial reporting where they're like, oh, yeah, our fastest growing segment is Uber Eats. We lose the most money from that. Like what? That's not like nobody wins here. You you like you aren't getting the scale that like a Domino's can because you're taking delivery in house. Like it's just not an efficient system, so nobody wins. So what's the point? You're you're like and customers are paying more for the food than they would otherwise. It's not a good experience, and just like no nobody's benefiting. Like if there was one person making money from the deal, then it would kind of make sense, or at least you could say that it's okay. But I don't know. Like it's it's just really dumb. So yeah, please put that link in in the show notes. But yeah, I'm I'm so profoundly opposed to all that kind of stuff because you you would have to be kidding yourself that you're supporting restaurants like unless you're actually calling them directly or going and doing takeout orders like physically there like the margins at restaurants are th- so thin that the thirty percent that they're having to shell out to DoorDash or Grubhub or Uber Eats even if you're doing a pickup order like that just ruins the economics for everybody so you're now having like you might as well have just not ordered anything. You know what I mean? I do, and that that's that's exactly my my dilemma here is that like I do really want to support these local restaurants, and I I, I guess if I want to continue to to get food from them and do so in a way that most benefits them, then the option truly is to to call them and then go out and pick up the food. But then it's like then I'm going out of the house sort of a bit unnecessarily, so. Like this is this has been I think this has been an offline online conversation that we've had. This has been my whole thing with Phil's Coffee, where I thought the way that they reopened was incredibly smart. I think I made the the comment that I it was smarter than our federal government's plan, and so I would love to to support that. But it's like driving you know ten miles from my house to go get a coffee just doesn't feel like it's sort of in the spirit of what we're supposed to be doing now. And that's, that's a little bit how I feel about going and like picking up food. I don't, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, for me, and again, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but like, I just feel like, like what I've tried to do is like, there's like, there's like local coffee, coffee roasteries that I enjoy. So like I will order directly from them. Cause I've done like, I'm drinking a whole ton of coffee at home. Like I'm trying to like go to some restaurants, but also like I mean, just this like these are tight times and uncertain times for everybody. So I'm also not trying to spend 
30 bucks a night on takeout. Mm-hmm. So like it, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's tricky all around. So I, I, I don't entirely know what the correct answer is, but the correct answer is, um, to delete Grubhub and, um, DoorDash and never use that service. Cause I think like I, this all goes to the American entitlement. Like I, I just think that no, we're going to, we're, we're going to face like a reckoning really soon where Silicon Valley and, and, uh, VCs are no longer going to fund, below margin uber for x businesses and people are going to have to be really be ready for that because that in especially in the bay area has like so positively subsidized and influenced a certain type of customer which is basically upper middle class or wealthy people age 25 to 34 and we're going to figure out that that's completely untenable and that money's going to dry up now that people realize um mashayoshi shun is not a good investor there, there was that was a reckoning we were headed towards but i the pandemic has undoubtedly accelerated it yeah mm-hmm. yeah talk about runways and not even with united uh so there's one last thing that you can put in the show notes which was a really good tweet here where um uh on i forget if this is a doordash or a grubhub or which one it is but they put on their menu under small plates uh and they have a menu item that says call us and don't use this app and this made me really happy all right chef specials uh yeah all right, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get you a link here. So Carlos, this is going to I'm I'm doing something a little unprecedented here, or maybe I don't know, maybe we've done this before. This is gonna be a chef special and a tease for something I want to talk about on next week's episode. Not ready to talk about it this week, but I think next week we'll talk about it. So I'll send you the the Amazon link. Um, so this is the Vivo single laptop notebook desk mount stand fully adjustable extension with c-clamp so the only the only context i'm going to provide for you here i'm not using this thing in the way that you probably think that i am but i'm not gonna not gonna elaborate on that any further um i want to revisit the whole working from home well all the time now and sort of how that's made us rethink our um work from home setups and so that that's that's what I've been doing since we've had that conversation, and and this this little gizmo's been been part of that process. And again, I'm not I'll go lots more into how I'm using it, but um, this is a neat little thing, and it's actually it's for a very very niche little purpose that I have, and it's it's worked out well. Although it's unavailable now on Amazon, which is um, kind of a bummer. So again, do you have any type of review yet, or you haven't received it yet? I have received it. This thing is is awesome, which is why it's a chef special. But I'm going to get lots more into how I'm using it next week. Gotcha. Um, mine is not an exciting pick, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the San Francisco Chronicle, which I signed up for a subscription for in February, and I kind of resisted signing up for any type of new subscription that wasn't a national paper for a while, but they've had exceptionally good one I've, I've talked about in the past where they've had really 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 good photojournalism which they actually expose really well on instagram but their bay area coronavirus coverage has been really really good their app is bad but the reporting and everything else about it has been very good so you know i'm, I'm, I'm going to say that and occasionally on their website you can find a good deal where i think i got two years for a hundred bucks mm. which i think is totally worth it because like $15 a month is is a bit much. But um 
yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose that. Yeah, that's a, that's a very, very good pick. 